Amen. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone, wherever you are. Welcome to our live stream. This is a little bit of a different situation. My prayer today is that even though we're not physically together, um, God will speak. God will speak to all of us, align us to His heart. Amen. Amen. It's going to be a blessing today. You know, this, although this um, is uh, very exciting and new, I was just telling my staff that day, this is before we actually decided, you know, to, to actually go online. Before the announcements came out, I was like, wow, if we were to go online, um, that would be quite exciting. That would really be quite exciting, you know, even if we don't get to meet together. And true enough, it happened, all right, but the whole experience, experience also reveals to me how even more precious coming together is. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we all pray? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You have called us the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the church. We thank you that you are here in us and in our midst and in the midst of everyone watching this stream. Holy Spirit, will you come and have your way? Show us who you are. Show us your goodness this afternoon. You are good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's interesting that our camp theme this year is fearless. Um, Guys, do sign up for this camp. It's going to be a powerful camp. You know, we got this theme very much earlier this year before the whole news about COVID just broke out. And... And, you know, the way things came out and, 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 and then we were like, whoa, God, you are saying something. You are saying something. He's calling the church to be fearless. Yeah. Yeah. He is calling us to conquer our fears. Do I hear an amen? amen? You see, we can't conquer our fears unless fear is actually present. You see, fear is the weapon of the enemy. It's not of God. The fear that is spreading around the world right now is just un- unprecedented. You know, even when I'm in an elevator with a lot of people, you know, back in my, my condominium, right, everyone is waiting to see who will press the button first. <laughs> it's like everybody is so scared of pressing the button, you know. Uh, previously, everybody's rushing to press the button because they want to go up to their rooms. Now they're scared of the buttons, you know. So, so this is the situation right now everywhere in our world. You see, when fear becomes present, guess what? We have an even more powerful weapon. And this weapon is called faith. Amen. This is an opportunity for all of us to rise up in faith, especially in His Word. We need to stop listening to too much news out there and stop reacting to our circumstances and begin to respond to what the Father is saying. See, we need to stop being on the defense and start being on the offense. We need to start being on the offense, guys. We need to offend the darkness. But how do we do that? We need to stop being impressed. First of all, stop being so impressed with the darkness. Let's not over-scroll on our Instagram and our Facebook. Alright? We are giving it too much attention. Enemy wants your attention. We need to now realign our attention back to God. Which is why we're going to launch this faith campaign. It's called Fearless Declarations. Hashtag fearless declarations. All right. So this is an opportunity. I was just thinking, you know, guys, let's just take this opportunity to begin to prophesy his goodness online. 
Let's prophesy of who He is. Let's speak His word. Let's declare of who He is. Why? Because God's word is powerful. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Because there's so much news going out there, we need to now fill the airwaves, fill the internet airwaves with the word of God. And so we launched this thing called Fearless Declarations. It's time to speak out the good news. All right, how do we do this? Very simple, all right? Just record a video, Instagram story of yourself declaring His Word out loud, all right? I know some of you guys like to type and just put out the scripture, but no, I'm going to ask you guys, declare the Word out because something happens. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, all right? Speak it out in faith. Be be sure to declare scripture and scripture only. Why? Because only God's Word is the most powerful Word, amen? Amen. And then after that, um, you know, when you, when you actually share and declare the scripture, be reverent, okay? Yeah. Alright, be reverent, be God-honoring as you declare Him and His Word, and then hashtag fearless declarations, tag us at LifeGenSIBKL, alright, and we're going to share it. We're going to share it, we're going to fill the internet airwaves. Yeah. The world needs to hear of His goodness. The world needs to hear the gospel. Yeah. This is the time to shout out His name. Yeah. This is the time to shine our light in the darkness. Yeah. Amen? Amen. 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 Glory. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of darkness. When you give in to fear, you give in to Satan's control. Don't let him control your thoughts, your speech, your actions. Yeah. Don't let him control that. Let's invite God in. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's go to Psalm 34, 7-9. Let's read this together, shall we? Wherever you guys are at home, let's read this together. One, two, three. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who take refuge in Him. Wow. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Is God really good? We like to use these three words a lot. We say, God is good. And all the time. All right, it's become a lingo in a Christian circles. All right, we use this lingo a lot. God is good all the time, and it is so true. But have we actually dwelled on these words and actually comprehend, fully comprehend its weight? You see, how we use these three words can define our, re- our reality. God is good is not just a positive thinking response. It's not just a feel-good Christian lingo, even though it does feel real good to say it. It's not just used in false humility. It's easy to say God is good in good times, but how about the bad times? Or the not so good times? One thing I do know is that Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Do I hear an amen? Amen. And God is perfect. He's a perfect father. And He is good at all times. Amen. What do we need to know about God's goodness? Number one, God is who He is. God is who he is. Come on, why don't you say it to your neighbor? God is who he is. It's his nature. His heart is good. His mind is good. His thoughts towards us are good. His motivations and intentions are good. His actions are good. Everything about him is good. You can try to take the good out of God, but you won't be able to take God out of the good. You see, good and God are one. They are one. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is actually one of my favorite scriptures. You see, His goodness is meant to be experienced firsthand. That's why taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, when you taste something, 
what you experience through taste becomes a reality. Do you have a reality of His goodness? Not just know about His goodness or talk about His goodness, but really know His goodness. You see, you cannot know His goodness without tasting or experiencing His goodness. So recently, Mike and I have been really into this ramen. We put it out on our, uh, we put it out on our Instagram and, and we were just telling everybody about it and we were like, whoa, what's the big deal? It's just ramen, right? All right we say, whoa, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good. And, and then people are looking at me like, is it? Huh? And, and it's a chicken-based broth. So people are like, what? It's only pork broth that is really good, you know? And, uh, and I'm like, no, man, this, this chicken broth is exceptional. And they're like, sure not. So they heard about the goodness of this broth, about this ramen, but they don't really know it. They won't really know how good it is until they actually go and taste the ramen. Yeah. It's pretty good, right, guys? Yeah. Not too bad. I, I recommend good stuff, okay? <laughs> Even when it comes to ice cream shops, you know when you go to ice cream shops? Mike and I like going to ice cream shops and tasting everything and by the time you get to the end of it you're full and you won't even order ice cream anymore <laughs> all right but i mean the whole the whole intention of you actually sampling the ice cream is so that you get a buy-in so that you would actually buy ice cream from them yeah, yeah. all right and it's a good it's a good strategy all right because i wouldn't know what is good until i actually taste it amen, amen. it's got to be a first-hand experience our experience of god cannot be second-hand or third-hand don't be satisfied with second-hand or third-hand experience. You've got to find out and seek out your own experience with God. When you truly have a taste of God and His goodness, something shifts in your life. Something shifts in your life. Something in your life can now take a new direction. I remember I was healed of thyroid once. I went to a conference in Singapore and I, and I came back and I remember I had to do the test to check whether I was still you know, having this um, thyroid problem. And I remember I was just, I, I was so filled with His goodness. I, I, I experienced God so powerfully at this conference. And I went, I went uh, to the doctor. And I remember I was reading Psalm 91. And it's such a powerful scripture. I feel like crying when I think about it. Because there is so much good in the scriptures, amen. Yeah. And so I, I was just... I was just declaring scripture. I, I, didn't, I didn't say any prayers or any frivolous prayers like, please God heal me or whatever it is. Of course, I was declaring thyroid be healed, but, but I was declaring this scripture, all right? And, and when I got in, we did the test, you know, we found out my thyroid was completely healed. Wow. Wow. Amen. And this is, this, is how, this is how God shows us His goodness. Yeah. After that, my life took a whole new turn. I began to see the supernatural hand of God upon my life, my family's life, upon my ministry. I began to see He isn't just an ordinary God. He isn't just a faraway God. He's a God that wants to get involved. He's a God that wants to show you His goodness. He wants to get involved in your life. And He wants you to taste and see how good He is. You see, His goodness is meant to be seen. Let's have that slide up. His goodness is meant to be seen. How you see God matters so taste has to do with experience seeing god has to do with perception how you perceive god matters it's about perspective you see we perceive wrongly because we do not know him enough you cannot have a true perception of someone until you have met them so if you've not met me don't believe what they said about me (laughs) come and talk to me you love me And everybody online say, Amen. Amen. 
<laughs> you see, many of us grow up seeing God through many lenses. It depends, you know, what, what we're exposed to. It could be the lenses of a belief system that your family, you know, uh, your family has in terms of culture in your family. It could be a lens of a different religion. It could be, you could be seeing God through a lens of a difficult circumstance or a difficult situation that you went through. You could be seeing God through somebody who did not represent Him well. And maybe you saw a version of what you thought was God's nature, but, but it wasn't true. You see, some negative things in life can make you see through lenses that do not align to God's heart. For a long time, I believe, um, I believe in this principle that God only helps those who help, um, who helps themselves. You guys sound, they sound familiar? And uh, I grew up in, in that kind of uh, believing that. I grew up believing that, and, and my perspective was rooted in the belief system of self-reliance. But where in the Bible does it actually say that? There's nowhere in the Bible that says that. In fact, God really wants us to, wants to help us. Yeah. He is dying to help us. Yeah. All right, He died to help us. Yeah. Amen. All right, and at that time, you know, I was so self-reliant. I didn't know how to go to God. I was a control freak. I was, you know, super independent, or at least I thought I was. I couldn't trust anyone but myself. And so, yeah, we have all these wrong perceptions of God and, you know, we need to allow God to correct these perceptions. Amen? Yeah. In fact, I had somebody who once told me, somebody once told me this, uh, I wouldn't want to go to God. I don't want to inconvenience Him. And I'm like, what? I said, you can't inconvenience God. We inconvenienced God all those years ago, 2,000 years ago, back, back in the garden. We inconvenienced Him then. <laughs> all right. And even then, He wasn't inconvenienced. He was fighting for a way into our hearts. Amen? Yeah. Let's not label God. Let's not label God negatively, especially negatively. Let's not label God. Nobody likes being labeled. Yeah. Let's not put labels on God based on our own experience. Yeah. You see, we could be one perspective away from a breakthrough in our lives. Just one perspective change is all we need. You see, the enemy doesn't want you to see his goodness. He wants to mess with your mind tell you lies and make you believe something from the past or something that's not true about yourself. But God wants to change our perspective so that when we view Him, we view Him as a perfect Father. You see, you cannot have a true perception or impression of someone until you have truly met them. Amen? Amen. You see, how we see God affects how we see ourselves. You all know the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. So the youngest son, he squandered all his father's wealth. You know, he went off, squandered all his father's wealth, and he finally thought, you know, of coming back. And one of the things he said was this, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. So this is a picture of how the younger son perceived his father. He saw himself as unworthy, and he saw his father as a slave master, which means he saw himself as a slave. So you see, how you view yourself very much correlates with how you view God. Yeah. Even the older son... Older son also had this perception of his father. All these years, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. So he had this view. Again, he saw himself as a slave rather than a son. And he saw his father as a slave master. You see, there are these external factors in our lives, what I call hindrances, roadblocks that begin to block your view of God. It's important how we see him. It's important how we see ourselves. Yeah. Amen. How we see Him affects how we respond to Him in difficult times. The virus, disease, sickness, governmental changes, 
politics, wars, rumors of wars. I mean, you all know the scripture. There will be trials and tribulations. The Bible is very clear of that. But how do we respond to Him in the midst of all these things? When things are going well, it's easy to praise God, amen? And say He is good. And you know, you can thank Him very easily. But it's another thing to do it when things don't go our way. You see, difficult times become opportunities to put our trust in God. I'm a very emotional person. I've changed. <laughs> okay. Um, but in general, I'm an emotional person. I'm a worshiper. All right. Um, and so back then, when God wasn't that real in my life, my, my, my walk with God is so emotional. You know, when God does something good, I'm like, yes, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then run off, completely do my own thing. And then when things go bad, Lord, you are terrible. I would say all kinds of things about God. And, and, you know, fight with Him. God, why did you do this to me? Why does this keep happening to me? Does it sound familiar? Why is this so unfair? And you know what? Even in His infinite mercy and grace, in His infinite mercy and grace, He hears these complaints, He hears the anger, He hears the fights. And then after that, He shocks me with His goodness. Even when I don't respond well. Do you guys get what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, I know I should have responded better, but Lord, you still did this for me. Lord, you still came through for me. Imagine if we did respond well. Whoa. Imagine if we did respond well. So I used to have this complex, right? Um, whereby it's safer to respond negatively. Where, you know, um, like it's some kind of coping mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. So when the good happens, my expectations are safe. And if the bad things happen, we say, you see, I told you so. Luckily, I didn't respond in a positive way. I'll just stay in that hole. I'll just stay in that hole of negativity. And then we remain in this victimized place and, and that's not putting God in control. That's not giving God control. That's you in control. And when you remain in that victimized place, you never truly experience, or, uh, experience His victories. Yeah. Amen. You see, the world says, expect the, expect the worst, hope for the best. But with God, we expect the best and hope despite the worst. Amen. Amen. Psalm 27 verse 3 says, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Wow. You see, how we see Him defines how we think and how we live. The way we comprehend Him is the way we will represent Him. There was a time when, when, when Mike and I, we were in malls and and we were praying for people, right, in the malls. You know, we, whenever God leads us, we just, we pray for people in the streets. We pray for people when we're shopping. And then we came across this blind girl. And we offered to pray for this blind girl. And, um, and, and, she, and she was like, no, no thanks. Please don't pray for me, all right? Um, the reason why you don't need to pray for me is because God gave me this blindness. He gave me this blindness to teach me something. And I'm like, whoa. Obviously, you know, we didn't go on a lecture or anything, you know, we, we said thank you, okay, we, we understand. Uh, of course, what I did tell her was like, you know, that's uh, not true. That is totally not true. Alright, see, she perceived God as somebody who would cause her blindness to teach her a lesson. And her wrong perception immediately hinders her ability to receive healing. Even if God wanted to heal her, it doesn't matter whether God wanted to heal her or didn't want to heal her. God always wants to heal, by the way. All right? uh, but because of her wrong perception, her view of God, and the posture of, of, of her heart and the way she was thinking, it hindered her ability to receive the healing. You see, she had accepted the blindness as part of her life and also showed people a pretty mean God. 
And nothing is further from the truth. Amen. God, Jesus healed the blind. This is the truth. When, when this person went to Jesus and he says, if you are willing, make me clean. And Jesus says, I am willing. God wants to heal us. God wants to come through for us. God wants to show us His goodness. That is His desire. Amen? Yeah. It's a misrepresentation of the Father to say He causes sickness to discipline us. I don't know about you, but I want to show and tell of a good and powerful God. Yeah. I'm not going to bring God to my level of experience. Yeah. Even if my experience and understanding is small, He is not small. Amen? Yeah. But then, Pastor Tabby, if God is so good, why is there so much judgment, religion, law in the Old Testament? Was God good then? Yes, yeah. he was good from the very, very beginning. Yeah. We need to stop looking at the Old Testament through our own lenses. Yeah. All right? You know, the word is a person and it takes God for us to understand God's heart. It's so easy to find criticism. It's so easy to find problems when we don't understand the context of that day. You see, there is no evil in God. Yeah. God and evil cannot coexist, cannot. Yeah. His goodness is all over the Old Testament. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth and everything, he's, and everything in it, He saw that it was? Good. In fact, when He created Adam and Eve, He saw that we were? Very good. <laughs> what y'all don't know? Huh? <laughs> I'm going to try that again. In fact, when He created Adam and Eve, He saw that we were very good. You see, there is beauty in the scriptures if you choose to see it. Amen? So many stories about how God delivers, heals, how God performed His miracles, delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. The countless tales of God's redemption is all over the Old Testament. But you see, the Old Testament is important for us to see the severity of sin. Sin must be judged. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Yeah. The Old Testament shows us that we need a Savior. Yeah. That we are nothing without Jesus. You see, before the fall, our status was very good. After the fall, we were no longer good. It's true. Yeah. That's why Jesus said, no one is good except God. Yeah. That's why we need a savior. Yeah. The Old Testament points to us how good God is. And he, and, and, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and give us a way back to him. Whoa, come on, what do we say? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now because of Jesus, our status went back to very good. Amen. We are made in His image and because Jesus, because of Jesus, because He is good, I am good too. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah. 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 Why should we believe that He is good? Believing He is good helps us to see His prevailing purposes despite our circumstances. Mm. There is a reason for everything. You guys heard that tagline? There is a reason for everything. Even non-believers, they, they, they use it well. When something happens, they're like, there's a reason for everything. And that's the same with God. His purposes are always good, even when they don't look like it. Wow. Yeah. And it's shown in Romans 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Yeah. His pleasing and perfect will. Believing is good helps us to see in the eternal rather than the temporal. We don't take pleasure in short-term gratification because that's how the world lives, finding happiness in short-term things. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Yeah. What will last forever? God's Word. Yeah. God's Word lasts and endures forever. Yeah. 
doing the things of God, His people, saving souls, believing is good, brings us to an eternal perspective. It helps us find meaning in meaninglessness. Amen. Believing is good turns our earthly perspective to a heavenly one. So we don't see from down up, we see from up down. The word says we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. So we have a heavenly perspective. You know, Jesus himself modeled this numerous times. Amen. His disciples would see one thing. He goes, no, this is what I see. His disciples would say, no, there's not enough food. No, you can give them food. Believing he is good helps us to walk in abundance instead of lack. We begin to thank God for what we have rather than what we don't have and position ourselves for the more. Amen? Amen. Believing He is good positions us to receive breakthroughs and miracles. Believing He is good postures our heart from a place of humility. We don't rely on ourselves anymore. We say, Lord, You are good. You are good. You have everything I need to live this life. And it postures us in a place of surrender postures us in a place of humility where we know that without Him, we are nothing. But how do we experience and see His goodness? We choose to see Him. It's a choice. It's a choice. Psalm 27 says, I I remain confident of this. I will see. Everyone say, I will see. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We choose We choose to behold Him. We choose to worship Him and sing of who He is. There is something about singing and declaring, God, you are good. Especially when we don't understand. Because we learn how to respond to the Father and give Him worth based on who He is, not based on what we feel. Or what is going on around us. It shifts our perspective. You know when I'm in a secret place, And a lot of times when I'm in a secret place and I'm worshipping, most of the time, I think I've shared with many of you before, I'm just crying. And I'm crying not because I'm feeling sorry for myself. Okay, it's godly sorrow. Amen. I'm I'm, I'm crying because he, as I worship him, he just fills me with his goodness. He shows me how much he loves me. And I'm like, man, I'm such a mess. Lord Jesus. I'm such a mess, but you still love me despite that. And his kindness and his goodness leads me to a place of repentance. We need to learn to look at Jesus. We need to choose to see Him. You know, when I used to have this terrible fear of flying, flying on planes. And um, because I went through this flight, uh, we dropped like 50 meters, I think. And and I just was so traumatized after that. Uh, Every time we flew on a plane, the person I would look to, few people I would look to, my husband, because he is... He is not scared. He said, in fact, the more you shake the plane, the better. He's like, woo, this is enjoyable. <laughs> I'm like, man, he's weird. And, uh, and uh, every time he shook, I'd be like, Mike, I love you. <laughs> and, and he's one of the person I will look to because every time I look to him, and I know that he's totally unperturbed, undisturbed, I feel, oh, I'm rested. I do. Hey, I don't know who's flying the plane. I don't know that guy. <laughs> but I, don't, I do know that when I look at somebody who is rested and who has got no issues, I'm like, okay, I feel better. I do. The other people I look at is the stewardess. They are like still continuing, like nothing's happening, you know. When we look at him, amen, when we choose to see him, rest comes. Yeah. Amen. When we yeah. see his goodness, rest comes. 
anxiety and fear goes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Second thing we need to know about experiencing and seeing His goodness, we don't need to have an answer for everything. We're in a generation right now where, you know, we Google, yep, that's my answer. Google, that's my answer. Google, that's my answer. And, and, and we expect an answer for everything. We're always asking why. And that's all good if you get the answer. But when it comes to our relationship with God, we don't need to have an answer for everything. Yeah. In Proverbs 25 verse 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. You see, as believers, we need to learn to be comfortable with the I don't know. Yeah. I love what, what Joshua was sharing. You know, we need to learn to live in a tension of unresolved questions. His vocab is like, whoa, so articulate. Yeah. Um, but it's true. We need to learn to navigate through the mysteries of God. God is mysterious. Yeah. And some things, sometimes he, he hides things from us. He does. Not because not he, he wants to hurt us but so that they can be revealed at the right time, in the right situation, so our revelation of Him becomes more powerful. We actually don't need to understand everything right now. We don't need to. And I've, I've learned to do that. I've learned to trust God even when I don't have the answers. You see, some things are meant to be discovered. We need to search Him out until we discover the hidden gem within His Word or behind His purposes in a situation. Some things are meant to be discovered. And when we discover it, you go like, whoa, that was amazing. My husband loves doing that with me all the time. He comes out of the shower, right? He goes like, whoa, Tabby, God just said this. Again, in the shower? <laughs> God speaks to him in the shower a lot. The shower is anointed in my house. We need to understand that we may never understand why something happens. But that doesn't change who God is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We should try not to reason everything. Yeah. Then where does faith come into the picture? If we get all the answers, how do we trust God? We may disappoint, but He never disappoints. We may change, but He never changes. We may be unfaithful, but He is always faithful. Yeah. We may give up on Him, but He never gives up on us. And, when, and whatever God starts, He will finish yeah. what He started. Do I hear an amen? Yeah. I don't want to lower the standard of the Bible to my level of experience. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And this is what I learn every time. And believe me, I may look like I'm smiling right now, but there are a lot of things Mike and I are going through. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord, we rejoice. Amen. We don't get it, but it's okay. Yeah. How else do we experience and see His goodness? We meditate on His Word. We listen to what He says. Yeah. Not only do we listen to what he's saying instead of what the whole world is saying. In fact, I really declare right now, I feel led, in Jesus' name, the virus will disappear. Yeah. All those talk about it ending a year later, a year and a half later. In Jesus' name, it will end right now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Not only do we meditate on his word, but we testify and declare his word. Which is yeah. why we're doing fearless de declarations. Yeah. We need to prophesy His goodness. Yeah. The Lord is the light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We need to testify of who He is. We need to start telling people about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We need to tell people about what He did for us. We need to tell them about the power of the cross. Yeah. We need to tell them about the power of His blood. Yeah. That He's wiped us clean. Yeah. 
that there's a way back to God, that there is hope in a hopeless world, yeah. that, that we can be a light that shines in the world. We need to tell people that. I don't know about you, but I want to live with a burning conviction that when I say you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, I say it with a burning conviction. I don't just want to recite. I want to declare. I want to believe. Life Jen and whoever is watching, God is calling us to arise at such a time as this. Yeah. God is so good. Yeah. The world may be shaking, but He's unshakable. Yeah. He's unshakable. When we go through trials, we appreciate His goodness more. How can God's goodness truly be seen if things are going so well? How could we really appreciate it? Amen. Could it be we need to see differently with all that is happening around us right now that we need to see differently? Could it be this is when our generation will rise up more than ever before? Yeah. That the gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth like never before? Could it be that we are living in the time of the greatest healings, the greatest victories, the greatest breakthroughs, the greatest miracles the world has ever seen? There will be great victories in the midst of defeat. Could it be we will be seeing the greatest revival the world has ever seen? That Jesus will be glorified more than ever before. I feel it in my bones that God is about to do something great. With all that is happening that around us, God is about to do something great that will cause people to see His glory all over the earth. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Can I have the pianist up please? And I'm going to close. Just everybody, could you just close your eyes? Even those at home on the live stream, why don't we just close, this, close our eyes and just, just behold Him for a second. Yes, Lord, we look at you. Father, will you just remind us of your goodness? Guys, will you just remember the times when God came through? All those testimonies that you have in your testimony bank. All the good that he has done. I'm not saying God doesn't care about what you're going through or what the world is going through. But why don't we just take this minute right now to just remember how good He is. Oh Lord, we want to taste and see of Your goodness. Father, will You remove the lenses that have hindered us, blocked our view, Right now, will you change our perspectives so we focus back on you? Be thou my vision, Lord. Be thou my vision. I just feel there's some of us here and online. Just put your hand on your head wherever you are. Alright? If you feel like there's certain perspectives that have blocked your view of God and seeing His goodness, just put your hand on your head. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, will you come right now and renew this mind? We want to see you. We choose to see you. Align us to your good thoughts. Align us to your will. Align us to your heart, Lord. Renew this mind, Father. 
so that in the midst of tragedy, trials, difficulty, uncertainty, that we would see that you are good. Help us to trust you even when we don't understand. Will you change and restore perspectives back to the original order, Lord? Teach us how to see your goodness even when the world doesn't look good. Your good and perfect will in the midst of fear, disease, crisis, torment, uncertainty, and hopelessness. Father, we want to respond well in every circumstance of our lives. Oh Lord, Father, we want to see your goodness manifest in our families. We want to see your goodness manifest in our circumstances, in every situation that we are in. Will you train us, Lord, to put our focus back on you? To not question your intentions and your motivations, which is, you are always for us. You love us so much and nothing can separate us from your love. Come on, why don't we all stand and we're going to worship God. Thank you so much for tuning in to our LifeGen podcast. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to connect with us, head to any of our social media platforms at LifeGenSIBKL or our website, LifeGen.my. We would love to connect with you. Stay tuned and God bless.